Welcome to the Sandy Springs United Methodist Church Podcast, where we bring you weekly sermons that uplift your soul, strengthen your spirit, and praise the Lord. Whatever your reason for listening, we're grateful for you spending your time with us. May God open your heart to love and your ears to hear. A scripture lesson comes from Acts chapter 9. Meanwhile, Saul, still breathing threats and murder against the disciples of the Lord, went to the high priest and asked him for letters to the synagogues at Damascus, so that if he found any who belonged to the way, men or women, he might bring them bound to Jerusalem. Now, as he was going along and approaching Damascus, suddenly a light from heaven flashed around him. He fell to the ground and heard a voice saying to him, Saul, Saul, why do you persecute me? He asked, Who are you, Lord? The reply came, I am Jesus, whom you are persecuting. But get up and enter the city, and you will be told what you are to do. The men who were traveling with him stood speechless because they heard the voice but saw no one. Saul got up from the ground, and though his eyes were open, he could see nothing. So they led him by the hand and brought him into Damascus. For three days he was without sight and neither ate nor drank. Now there was a disciple in Damascus named Ananias. The Lord said to him in a vision, Ananias, he answered, Here I am, Lord. The Lord said to him, Get up and go to the street called Straight, and at the house of Judas look for a man of Tarsus named Saul. At this moment he is praying, and he has seen in a vision a man named Ananias come in and lay his hands on him so that he might regain his sight. But Ananias answered, Lord, I have heard from many about this man, how much evil he has done to your saints in Jerusalem. And here he has authority from the chief priests to bind all who invoke your name. But the Lord said to him, Go, for he is an instrument whom I have chosen to bring my name before Gentiles and kings and before the people of Israel. I myself will show him how much he must suffer for the sake of my name. So Ananias went and entered the house. He laid his hands on Saul and said, Brother Saul, the Lord Jesus, who appeared to you on your way here, has sent me so that you may regain your sight and be filled with the Holy Spirit. And immediately something like scales fell from his eyes and his sight was restored. Then he got up and was baptized. And after taking some food, he regained his strength. For several days, he was with the disciples in Damascus and immediately he began to proclaim Jesus in the synagogue saying, He is the Son of God. Thank you.
Let us pray. May the words of my mouth and the meditation of all of our hearts be acceptable in your sight, O God, for you are our rock and our redeemer. Amen. What is your Damascus Road experience? Have you ever been asked this question? It's meant to get at your conversion story. When did you first know Jesus Christ? When did you give yourself over to God? The Damascus Road, of course, is where we meet Paul today in the book of Acts. If you haven't read the book of Acts before, or maybe it's been a while, I encourage you to read the whole thing in this season. Acts is the first book in scripture that follows the four gospels, the books that tell us of the life and the death and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And now after his ascension into heaven, we're left with people who are trying to figure out how best to follow him, to spread the good news of the gospel, to live with one another in community. The book of Acts is the earliest followers of Jesus trying to figure this whole faith thing out. It is refreshing and surprising and a renewed call to faithfulness every time I read it. Because those earliest followers of Jesus remind me what is at the core of our faith before so many of those other trappings of Christianity or religion can keep us from truly knowing Jesus. These folks are innovators and they're pioneers with so much to lose. They risk everything because they couldn't help but follow Jesus to share that message. And there were plenty of people who wanted to shut that message down. Paul, first known as Saul, was chief among them. Saul's mission was to hunt down, kill, persecute followers of Jesus. Saul was an evil murderer. So what a miracle it is that on that road to Damascus, God appears to Saul, strikes him blind, and then sends Ananias, a disciple, to lay hands upon Saul. It leads to one of the most dramatic conversion narratives we know. Saul changes his name to Paul, but more significantly, completely changes his mission. He's baptized and then he spreads the gospel, helps establish communities all over the region who become followers of Christ from Gentiles to Kings. He writes letters to those communities that are now part of our sacred scripture. No wonder that over 2000 years later, we lift up this Damascus Road experience as part of the Christian life. What is your Damascus Road experience? Well, I have to confess to you, friends, that I actually hate this question. Now, don't get me wrong. I don't hate the intent behind it. I love hearing about people's faith journeys, how God has been at work in their lives. I think what gets under my skin a little bit is this assumption that in order to be a true Christian follower of Jesus, you have to have some kind of lightning moment. And maybe you have. Maybe one moment happened in your life and it changed you forever. That's not been my experience or story. My faith journey has been more about ups and downs and back and forth, faithful steps, than backsliding and trying to have more faithful steps, than it has been about one dramatic moment that changed everything. 
I also think it can be a little bit unfair to ask folks to compare themselves to Paul because his turnaround is so dramatic. On the one hand, we're not as evil as Paul was, the repeated murderer who struck fear and terror into those he persecuted. But then on the other side, we're also not as faithful. Paul's single-minded devotion to Jesus Christ and spreading the gospel landed him in jail, risking everything that he had. And of course, his words and teachings are some of the most sacred in the Christian faith. So sometimes when we read this story, we lift Paul as somebody that we should emulate. If you haven't had a true Damascus Road experience, then you can't be a true Christian. But I think when we solely center this story on Paul and try to be like Paul, we can miss a few things. We can miss that this is really less about Paul's shift in this moment than it is about the power of God to evoke transformation and the unlikeliest of situations and people to turn death literally into life, hatred into love, oppression into the gracious spreading of the good news. And really important in this story is that when God does work in people's lives and in the world, God often uses other people to enact that kind of transformation. I began to wonder this week as I encounter this story why Ananias isn't a household name for people who claim to follow Jesus, for he is a faithful follower that is worth lifting up. We should be telling his story too. In the book of Acts, this story of these earliest followers of Jesus who are figuring out how to form communities and to spread his message, they don't yet have a name. They're not called Christians at this point. They call themselves people of the way, the way of Jesus on a journey, figuring life out together step by step, day by day, an unknown future, but one that they are moving towards together. In this time of so much uncertainty and unraveling for us, it's helpful to draw on this wisdom of the people of the way. The book of Acts gives me so much hope. It's a story of people who did not know what their next step was gonna be or what the future would hold. Their old ways had completely shifted. Jesus was gone, but now they were moving into a new future of trusting God for what's next. They didn't know a lot about where they were going, but they did know that living and sharing the love of Jesus was their North Star. And they trusted that God would use them along the way. So here's what I'm wondering. What's your Damascus Road experience is one question we can ask and talk about in our faith journey. But I'm wondering if we start asking today in this pandemic in 2020, maybe beyond, what if we ask the question, who has been your Ananias? Dramatic conversion narratives are powerful witnesses of what God can do. But I'm finding in these days, remembering and recognizing how God works every day and big moments, but also in small ones through others, it helps me remember when I get despairing that God has shown up God will show up even when everything feels like it is unraveling. God witnesses love to us each and every day through other people. Who has been your Ananias? I think of Miss Hilly, who is my fourth grade Sunday school teacher, 
she had us act out the story of David and Goliath. I played Goliath, strangely enough. Uh, but something about acting out that story has helped me never forget the power of God when it's behind a little boy who's an underdog with just a pebble. And with God as your strength, with God holding you in love, giants can fall to the ground. I think of one of my pastors, Ted Dotz, who taught youth Sunday school. He helped us to critically examine scripture. He took our questions seriously. He said that he was learning from us. He helped instill in me a real love of scripture, of reading it for its beauty and its critical study and all it can teach us. Uh, but he also showed me the power of taking young people seriously when it comes to life and to faith. And I'll always be grateful for that. I think of Bishop Woody White, who I was privileged to study with when I was at Candler. He pushed me to ask deep questions about race and the church my own role in oppressive systems, some communities I've been part of and their own roles in oppressive systems. These were hard truths to hear, but it was a conversion I needed. It's one that I still need every single day to be a better follower of Jesus. The list is long, friends. There are people who have forgiven me when I did not deserve it. Been fierce examples of being unafraid to speak truth to power when needed. There are people who have laid hands on me and prayed over me when I needed it the most. There are those who have placed cookies on my doorstep with a gentle note. Others who have not so gently offered correction on harmful language that I've used from the pulpit so I can do better and I can be better. The list goes on and on. Who has been Ananias for you? I encourage you to sit with that question this week. Making this list reminds us of how God has been and will be active in powerful ways. And as we do this, my invitation for all of us is to consider another question. How might God be calling us to be Ananias for others? Who needs a word of love, a sign of grace, and really, friends, I think everyone right now could use extra doses of patience and grace and gentleness and understanding. Who might need a sign that they are not alone? Who needs to hear a word gently or not so gently of a call to live into a higher love and word and deed? For we too, all these years later, we are people on the way. The way of a kingdom where love wins. When everything feels uncertain, this is our truth and it is our hope that God is powerfully at work through Jesus Christ, using others, using us to speak and enact this kingdom into being. So may we look for them, may we name them and follow them, may we be them. Because when we pay attention to this love, share it with others, that transformation that God enacts from death to life, it is more dramatic than anything the world has ever known. Thanks be to God. Amen. Thank you for listening to the Sandy Springs United Methodist Church podcast. We hope that you have found our podcast helpful and hope to be in ministry not only to you, but with you. 
For more information about Sandy Springs United Methodist Church, please visit www.ssumc.org. Until next time, may God bless you.